Hey, Overgrowth listeners, this is your host, Rich, uh, signing in for another episode. Um, let's see, by this time this episode airs, uh, I will probably have switched my Tangerine Dream into Cure, and uh yeah that's really it um nothing has gone out yet it is getting warmer though so that's pretty good um probably my beans and kale are gonna be out first and uh and yeah that's really it might turn some plants into flower and um gonna get some soil tests done and uh reading up on some horticulture stuff so yeah that's really it and i got another interview today uh emily separia i want to say um I'm sorry, Emily, if I messed up your last name, um, but I will get it right because it um, the anchor I just noticed puts in you put in your full name in anchor and, and you can see it when it saves. So I'll get that right. And um, yeah, that's really it. I uh, hope you enjoy the interview. And uh, yeah, it's really it. Um, I had bad Wi-Fi connection, so we got cut off. So there might be a little pause, and then I bring it back up. When, um, with this next segment after. So, um, yeah. Uh, hope you guys like it. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Rich. How are you? Doing good. Yeah, I'm still getting used to this uh, app. So, uh, it, yeah, so... It, I just started using that feature where I, I guess I could send a link and it says we could like record a podcast and that stuff, which is pretty neat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. No problem. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get a lot of like, uh, local inter- interviews with like local farmers and, um, farm hands and everything else. And, um, yeah, it just seemed like, um, basically just catching up and, you know, shooting the shit and that stuff and just seeing, um, you know, what's been up. Um, how have you been doing? Um, season starting up. Do you, are you planting anything in a garden this year or, um, yeah. I, I am. Yeah. So this season is a little bit, um, I'm playing it a little bit by ear. Um, I don't know if you remember last year when we were, both working at Yoder's, I was having a lot of pain and a lot of fatigue. Um, yeah. I learned a little bit more about what was going on with that and was diagnosed with endometriosis. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. It's so, um, but in a way, it's good news. It means there's a reason that I was having so much pain and so much fatigue and other issues um because you know rich you know rich and i worked together at um chris yoder's farm last year and so you know he knows that i was like more than normally you know our boss is awesome but you know i there was just too many days where i just didn't feel up to coming in and so at least to know what's going on now is helpful. And I actually have surgery at the beginning of May to hopefully excise some of that endometriosis, um, which may make me feel better. So 
right now. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, um, sort of one thing at a time, but working on some projects um, before the surgery and looking forward to hopefully feeling better afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Hey, Emily. Hey. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, my so uh, my Wi-Fi is a little spotty. Um, oh, great. So, yeah, that's the first time it's happened. I moved myself closer to the router, so that should be good. Cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you started. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think that recorded. Um, so we could probably start from the beginning again. Um, or, you know, um, you tell me about your surgery for your endometriosis. Oh, yeah. So, um so, you know, uh, a lot of, of the pain, the fatigue I have, I was saying, you know, it's probably because of the endometriosis. And so hopefully, you know, the surgeon is hoping that having surgery to excise some of that endometriosis will help. Um, so that's coming up May 5th. Um, so I'm strangely excited for that. Um, and then normally by this time of the season, I'd like to have like some farm work lined up, but I haven't been super aggressive about um, pinning down work days or work schedule um, just because I, I don't know um, exactly how I'm going to feel after the surgery. So right now I'm yeah. doing some gardening work and things like that and going to see how I feel after the surgery, but I'm, I'm, I'm of course hoping I'm just going to feel awesome and I'm ready to go for like 40 hours a week. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, that's great. Um, what were you, um, were you doing any like farm work over the winter or, or any greenhouse stuff? Um, so <laughs> I actually, um, over the winter, um, I was actually kind of inspired because you had bravely ventured into the world of doing some work in the cannabis industry, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, which I would love to hear about that. If you're willing to share what you're able. Um, yeah, definitely. But I, yeah. So I decided very briefly to, well, at first I applied for like a bud tender job. <laughs> sort of at like the closest dispensary and um they saw that I had you know at this point a fair amount of like farm hands and greenhouse um type experience so they ended up referring me to a cultivation tech position um so this is with one of the bigger um vertically integrated um companies in Massachusetts so um, I, I didn't stay long. I stayed for four days and, um, it's not because it was so horrible, frankly, um, my fatigue and my pain is just, if I absolutely love a job, I can pull through like seven or eight hour days, but I can't, Yeah, I can't regularly pull through, you know, it's 10 hours 
shifts. I can't pull through 10 hour shifts, um, even though it, it, it was 10 hour shifts, just four days a week, but it's, 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 it's too much. I can't do that. And on top of that, um, you know, I love outdoor farm work and garden work, but this was really more like, it felt like working, um, you know, and, and again, it was, it wasn't like it was absolutely deplorable conditions or anything like that. It wasn't anything like that. It was, it was fine. Um, but it just wasn't the like real fun and excitement that I've gotten working at small, um, like vegetable organic methods types farms be exposed to like the weather and all that, which I love. So sometimes when I don't feel good in the morning, like that's just enough to get me excited and out of the door and be like, all right, I don't feel good, but I'm going to, I get to go like farm out in the sun or even the rain today. And, um, yeah. So I just decided to kind of focus on my health and just try and scrape by this winter. And, um, we're here now, and I'm just excited it's spring. So that's awesome. Yeah, so tell me, yeah. tell me how you you mentioned that you um, sort of t- t- tell me about your experience working in cannabis this winter. Or yeah, so I um, so I had a uh, a weird little road I went down on um, after Yoder's. I um, in the fall, uh, I tried to find, um, some outdoor farm work, um, or, you know, livestock work, um, with farms. And I was coming up empty. A lot of the places already like have full-time staff that they have year round mm-hmm. that do that type of stuff. And, um, and I wasn't really finding anything, um, that was pertaining to that. So I decided to get my foot in the door in the cannabis industry and I became a PSA agent, mm-hmm. um, a cannabis agent for um this company Temesco Wellness mm-hmm. in um in Framingham and their um the retail side is pretty good um very expensive uh but good yeah. um but good i mean the people were not, the people are nice in that stuff and the customers were too um there wasn't um not a lot of a lot of customers want to know how to grow their own and there wasn't really a, not a, a lot of knowledge from us because a lot of the people there um, they don't grow, uh, a lot of people, um, in the retail, they're just retail employees. Right. Um, so I was be able to help out with a lot with the customers with that aspect. And, um, they didn't have any cultivator or positions open when I first checked. Um, they were, they were just looking for PSAs. So I kind of waited until, um, they started, uh, when, uh, the virus started to get really bad, they started getting people dropped off in production. Mm. Um, they were, they were hit with a couple waves, one before I came in. Oh no, both of them were before I came in, but, um, they, uh, uh, they were hit with a couple waves of it and a lot of people quit or they didn't, um, or they just didn't, well, basically they quit too. They, they just didn't show up. Um, and they posted a cultivator's position. Um, and I took it and I got it, um, for the same reason as you were saying before, like they saw my farming experience and they're like, um, as the way he put it, if, if I grow one plant, why not the other? Um, mm-hmm. Which is, uh, which was good. Um, and it was, it's di- it definitely different. I was on that same schedule. I was working Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And it lasted about 
I, I got transferred over there on February 1st and I, my last day was on March 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it lasted, um, I, I, I tried to wait it out for a bit and it was, it kind of got to me because a lot of the people that were in charge didn't know a lot about plants yeah. uh, and plant health. And it was more of like an industrial commercial experience. Right. Like we need, it was more like you need to get things done like really, really fast and less of, uh, like quality. Um, yeah. And that's what kind of got to me because a lot of these patients want quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want like, a, and if you put in the quality and the time, you're going to get a good end product. Right. Even if it takes like some time. And, um, it kind of got me like the bud was turning out better than it was than getting what was getting to the dispensary when we just harvested it and it was drying. Um, it was good all the way up through the drying point, but then there was no cure process. Mm. So they would just put it into um, bins. Right. And just kind of go from there. Um, and there was just no process. It's just because I don't know. There also wasn't an IPM team either, which was, I found kind of weird because mm. um, there was a lot of IPM issues um, mm-hmm. with the, in the grow and that stuff. And uh, if they just, consulted i i believe they if they had a farmer from the start um then i think it would have been different uh different outcome but i found it's a trend in a lot of businesses that a lot of the cannabis cannabis businesses work in the same way yeah um yeah and it's and it's um i've i, I learned a lot about the ccc too and how it's like run and um it's definitely strange how they think the plant works like when we would do uh (laughs) um they they thought like so we would have when we did um when we did strip ups and we did uh defans we would have to shred the material so there couldn't be any bio plant biomass or green waste they would call it um in the left in the rooms at all unless it was uh, still living on the plant. And at the end of the day, we had to shred it with a Home Depot size mega shredder um, into uh, trash bags. And um, we would have to mix it in with this, um, this soil stuff. I I don't even want to call it soil because it wasn't really soil. It was a hydroponics grow. So they would have this um, coconut coir slash something. Yeah, it was like um, with it was although it was like um, it was inoculated with mycorrhiza right. and some other stuff and perlite and it was like the s- standard um, hydroponic stuff and it was um, I kind you know I got weirded out by that too because we used to have to wear ma- N95 masks when we dealt with it yeah did and I'm like you have super bad PM issues. Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't have any, um, any of that. They had more of like, um, mites. Yeah. For anyone who's, if anyone's listening, PM is powdery mildew and a lot of, um, commercial grows have huge powdery mildew issues. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it was, it's crazy. Um, they, 
I'm actually surprised that of the testing process too. Um, they really test, they screwed over at like, um, I don't want to say actual farmers cause these guys do put a lot of like mm-hmm. plant work in, but the outside farmers, yeah. like the OG, like, um, OG farmers, like they screwed them over because they want the micro, um, the microbial tests that they do on the bud right? and the helmet and they don't account for good microbes and bad microbes or like uh, what microbes will get, will hurt your lungs or which ones won't. Um, they kind of just say if there's a certain amount of microbes above a certain amount, then you, it won't pass. Like you can't send that to a dispensary. Right. Um, and when you grow cannabis outdoors, you're just going to get it in your bud, no matter what um, it's not going to hurt you but you're going to have a higher level of microbes in outdoor bud because everything's living. Um, So they kind of screwed over where last year um, all all the outdoor farms, which was a big start for the season because last year was one of the first seasons that there was a lot of outdoors uh, farms available. And they screwed everybody over by saying almost all like 80% of the harvest in Massachusetts that was done outdoors was not sold. I didn't realize under their standards. Yeah, it was, uh, um, that's why there's not a lot of outdoor, um, not like usually they try to advertise it as outdoor, uh, flower or outdoor grown. Um, there wasn't really any in Massachusetts. There was some, some did, but they were like not, they were outdoors, but they weren't like truly outdoors. Like they would use the power of the sun with a greenhouse, but, uh, they, but they could control it because they still had the greenhouse. Yeah, that type of thing, which was, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's something. Um, but I don't think I was going to do it again with another company. Um, I did like look for jobs mm-hmm. with other cannabis companies. Um, and I did get offered some, but they were like, they wanted me to put in like 50, 55 hours a week. And it's like, I got, I'm still doing schoolwork yeah. for my, for my, uh, for my bachelor's and it's, I, uh, you know, I have a dog and, and that stuff. And I'm like 55 hours. That's a lot. That's like almost 10 hour days, five days a week or more. Yeah. The impression I get is just that they, they really are trying to a lot. Of, I mean, I really can't speak for all cannabis companies, but a lot are really just trying to operate like a factory, just trying to turn the product out um, in the most efficient way. Possible, yeah. Which you kind of can't, blame a company that's what they're supposed to do for their shareholders so to speak but that's not what I want in a place that grows my cannabis or a place of employment um yeah yeah and that's what kind of got me too with that and um the environment also uh really got me um but I did learn a lot from them um I have to say there's a lot of there was a lot of uh people there that um that know how to grow and i learned like i learned how to clone plants um uh which is a cool process um and i learned how to uh i learned like i i got seed uh seed people like i learned how to where to like order good seeds from and 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 that stuff and plant um more like of like defanning and strip up stuff i learned more of like how to like get like air through the plant and it was it it was like they know they know some stuff but then it's like when you um when you talk try to talk to them about like soil stuff like law of the minimum or like anything else um 
like that they don't like they kind of fall off and they just follow this one plan like all right this 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 plant needs to get hit with this nutrients at this time and this time and you know it's been so many days since this one let's do it again and that stuff and but the problem with those systems is it's not natural so when you run into a thing whereas if someone forgets like we're all human we forget stuff um we're we're not perfect and uh like if somebody forgets to hit like a tape like it's all technology uh, technology waters it but you have to tell the technology yeah. to water it well um and if, and if you forget that with those high-powered lights you're what screwed. i always think of and um Yoder is totally like I don't know if he knows it but I totally see him as a mentor but that type of like growing practice like he talks about like he refers to it as plants on life support and that's what I always think about and they really are like they have IV lines hooked up to them you know they are dependent on everything they can't do anything for themselves anything for themselves they can't you know photosynthesize from a sun that's above them. They can't catch rain that's just falling from the sky. Um, they are on life support. Yeah. And that's why, like, I, like, I did some indoor grows, but, like, I don't, they don't, um, I don't, like, put, like, they're small right. plants. They, like, I don't, uh, I don't do a lot uh, for them. I, I do, they do. And the problem that I had with the industry too is everybody uses clones mm-hmm. because they don't want to go through the time. Even though a plant started from seed, I believe a plant started from seed will be better than one I agree. A clone. Um, and and they they don't want to start from seed because they it, it, it adds on three or four weeks onto the time. Not only that, I think I think and some of the growers don't know how to which never occurred to me until talking to some growers recently, like like head growers at big companies who haven't started much from yeah. seed. And I, I was blown away because they always do clones from the moms. And I was just like, and it's so easy to start from seed. Um, but because they've come up in that like vertically integrated indoor atmosphere like i don't i i I don't i guess i'd be really i'm trying to like figure out like is it the fertilizer companies that are like trying to brainwash everyone into this like hydroponic system where we just clone everything and feed it newts like yeah um (laughs) it's it's crazy. Um, I've, I've seen the chemicals too. I've worked with them and, um, the fertilizer stuff and that stuff, it's not, it's not like regular fertilizer. Like when we were spreading fertilizer at Yoder's, it wasn't like that stuff, this stuff, it's like highly concentrated liquid stuff and it on every single bottle. And they used to come in these big, uh, kind of like the, water aquifers that Yoda would use to fill up with water and water the plants like those huge containers and all over it there would be like signs like do not get this on your skin or or anything else it will cause like burns and that stuff and I'm like uh it's just so highly concentrated and it's like there's so much that could go wrong with that like if you put like uh if you hit the wrong button like on a computer like if you put like a seven instead of an eight or whatever the code is 
um, to do it. And you, and the plant gets like a little bit more uh, concentration concentrate than uh, it should. Then that plant's gone because there's such like, it's so high. It, there's so little yeah. room for error. Well, the good news is at Yoder's to be clear, he's um, just using pelletized chicken poop. So um it, it, yeah, yeah, which is the best chicken poop. I, I have decided I will yeah. continue to wear a mask because it gets a little dusty and it's like probably still not great to breathe in dusty palatized chicken poop. But but oh, nevertheless, yeah. like I feel pretty comfortable with it. And um, just to clarify what, you know, that's like one of many types of fertilizers that might be used on an organic farm. Um one of the things that I think that's like be- become a hot topic in terms of indoor grows and just sort of like concerns about both um, grower safety and patient and customer safety is um, pes- pesticides that are being used on cannabis. Um, I just try to figure out what the regulations yeah. are. Concerns um, might be. One product that's been coming up lately is Eagle 20. Is that something that you've come across? Um, not really. I've come across other, like, um, stuff that they've used. Um, I don't know, like, they're really long right. chemical names um, for, pest- for, the, for the pesticides they were using. But I was finding that the main problems with those was they were spraying which I don't use any pesticides yeah. at all in my stuff. The mo- the one thing that I, if I ever use anything, right. it's usually neem oil. Um, and I, I don't use it during flowering stages. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. like, I don't use, and then um, I also don't use like predatorial insects um, that during the flower stages either, because of the issues like they're, they're having with um, like just using pesticides so close to flowering or when it is flowering and spraying it's you're it's still going to stay on the flower those trichomes stick to everything like they get they collect everything so it's like it's still going to stick even the time and even with like they they would put the beneficials inside the canopy so it it would give them like a better uh leg up in um in getting the insects but the the beneficials are also getting stuck in the flower too even occur to me that's a bummer for the beneficials. Yeah. Well, that, that, that was a recent thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you would see it. Like I, like I heard stories when I was at the dispensary of like, and people coming in saying they did have, like yeah. they did see them in the buds before. So you, you would definitely see it. Um, but then it brings into the question, like there were the whole return policy in the cannabis medical and, and recreational system is just screwed over because, mm-hmm they don't allow like they don't allow any people on, on recreational for, yeah. to return products. Like you're not all sales are fine. And then on medical, it has to be a defective product, but, um, and then they still want the, they want to see the product and that stuff. It's just fine. But I'm like, what happens if you like, if you're just a recreational customer and you want to get this and you get it, but you can't return yeah. it now. But it, I mean, that's, it's kind of like I, the way yeah. I see it. There's so much about cannabis industry that should be regulated, just the same as anything else in food and agriculture. Um, you know, if you got something from the supermarket that 
I don't, you know, you opened your grocery bag when you got home and you realized that it was half molded, like you would be able to bring bring it back and at minimum exchange it. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's it, the industry has definitely opened my eyes to where I think I just, I'm too early, I believe. Um, it's not like, I was thinking when I first went into it, I was thinking it was going to be right. more like California or Colorado or something where they have, uh, it's less regulated, but I think I just came in too early uh, for it. Um, and I kind of noticed that, and I know everybody's trying to jump in on it now. Like everybody's trying to, I've had um, like family members ask me about it um, there. I've had people, like friends ask me, like they're trying to yeah. get jobs doing their like things for the cannabis industry. And I'm like, you know, if you have the time and you can, then sure. But it's like, you're not, it's not right. what you think it's going to be. Yeah. Like what I would tell anyone is like, don't, um, don't try and do anything in cannabis because you think you're going to make money, do something in cannabis because there's something about it that you care about, whether it's, you know. Yeah. And like my whole main thing with like, yeah, my, my whole main thing with the, with that too, is like, I got into it because I cared for it. Like other people, like about people for it. Like I cared for the patients and that stuff that would go in and, um, and the pay, it, like, you're not going to make yeah. money. Like really you're, I made minimum out, uh, over there. Wow. And it's, uh, also I was driving all the way to Worcester, oh which that's a whole other thing yeah. I brought in. It's, uh, it, they very much, uh, divided yes. the state really because it's all the farms are all from central mass. basically, all central mass yeah like the closest one besides worcester i found were uh millis milford and um absolutely i was driving out to central mass and so on top of the 10 hour days it was at least an hour and a half of driving each way and it was just too much that's insane yeah i was driving it took me a a good 30 minutes to get to worcester um or good, like 20, 25 with like no traffic. Um, but there was always traffic going down there. And so, I mean, they're, uh, they're losing yeah, out on they, tons of workers, you know, just for that alone. Yeah. And it's, they, a lot of places, they, I find you, they need workers. Um, they need a lot of workers, but they also, um, right. they need farmers, like a lot of farmers, uh, <laughs> because they're the way they try to streamline the systems mm-hmm. for, of growing is just crazy. They, uh, like the way they transplant and it's like the whole, just the whole way they do it is just in, insane. And I have seen like, but I, I've seen some other grows where like when I was interviewing with other places that were like, they grew in soil or they grew in like soil raised, uh, raised beds indoors or something. And they, uh, but none of them really started from, none of them could start mm. from seed. Um, but I found, um, 
was because there's no way for them to legally buy the seeds. Oh, so I wonder, you know, that didn't even occur to me as one of the reasons why a lot of companies wouldn't start from seed, but that actually makes sense. There's, there's, you know, I hear about trade shows, but other than that, um, like, you know, I have some seeds because someone on Reddit did like a treasure hunt. (laughs) So I got some, you know, gifted seeds from a treasure hunt. But other than that, they're really, and I was thinking recently, like in Massachusetts, it feels like cannabis, the plant is not yet fully legal. It's just like selling its derivatives has become legalized so a handful of companies can make money um like it's it's crazy like it just feels like the plant is not fully legal yet here it it really isn't i don't i won't consider it fully legal until um i go down to like the native farmers market and there's a guy that's selling like uh that's selling plants for the spring, but, uh, and, and among like right next to the tomato plants, yeah. there's cannabis plants. Like that's when I would consider that I agree. legal. Um, and they, like they used to do it. I see pictures of, um, when I was taking, um, for my bachelor's. Uh, so I, I, I got my associates, um, last year and then I got, I, I'm still working on my bachelor's and, um, it turns out I have to have, I have to take a bunch of history courses um, which is fine with me. I love history. So, uh, but I was looking and they used to have these photos like of early, of early, uh, like greenhouse, mm-hmm. um, farmers, um, and early farmers. And they would have like tobacco plants and that stuff and other, and like other plants, um, that were legal at the time, like all right. like together, which is, astonishes me like they that we can't even have like that mm-hmm. and um yeah it's definitely it's definitely something that's um yeah i have no words I to mean, describe and it. <laughs> social equity has totally gotten buried i know i live in the city of waltham um some local organizers have tried to write social equity language into our local um, cannabis is city council calls it marijuana zoning. Um, But uh, city council just let um, a, we had a medical marijuana zoning ordinance that they just let that city council let lapse. Um, I don't know if we need a specific medical marijuana zoning ordinance anymore since recreational is also legal here, but um, just they, that they did let that lapse is a bit concerning because um, several organizers had done work to include the social equity language. Um, you know, to try and basic, you know, make sure that 
um, people of color, people impacted by the war on drugs, um, people who live in the city of Waltham would actually have a shot at opening a cannabis business in Waltham. Um, in addition to some of these big companies that already have established chains elsewhere in the state. So we're still plugging away here. Yeah. Um, what what are the what's the um the laws like where you live? So in Natick they're they're actually kind of looser. Um they well they just got um they, they just That's right. Sorry, looser. I forgot um, you were in Natick. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, they uh they before they were like no no recreational places and they only allowed one medical um place which right. is bountiful farms in natick which i, I okay. love them um they're uh, they have some pretty good stuff um they also have uh uh i've gotten um from their flower i've gotten seeds from their flower too which is fun because those are two of the right. plants that are currently growing good in my garden um <laughs> uh yeah one is uh colorado bubba oh, and bubba. the other one is um yeah and the other one I want to say is uh oh Der, uh right, Durbin cool. Walker. So yeah, they crossed that one. It's they crossed it with Durbin Poison and that Skywalker cool. OG, but it grows it grows like half and half. Like it grows t- as tall, it's tall and sturdy, like a Durbin Poison plant, but it's also really bushy, cool. like a Skywalker OG. So it's like huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get huge. Um, I'm actually debating whether I just keep that one going in in vegetative state and just transfer the other one over to the uh, flower tent and just let that one flower. Um, but yeah, that's really it. I got um, what else did I get from there? The um, the edibles are pretty good there. Um, I've been on a big infusions kick recently, um, just making stuff. I got a uh, what is it? Um, I recently got a crock pot too that I was using at first before I got this level machine to make uh, uh, infused coconut butter with like nice. the trimmings and that stuff too. Yeah, but there's so many. Um, there's like so many recipes you could do. You could really use the yeah, whole plant. I've been um, sort of trying different recipes with AVB um, already vaped bud. Um, I, I use a dry herb vaporizer. Um, um, I oh, use nice. the Vichy IQ. Um, since I haven't used a lot, I can't say like, oh my God, it's definitely the supreme one that you should buy over any other one, but I really like it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I, um, I have a Pax 3, but I also have I have a uh, I have the smaller DaVinci cool. I have the DaVinci like Micro that? also I, I like it um, I heard the IQ, the IQ was better um, yeah. but it, it, it does work the uh, Micro, it's just the batteries uh, only last for like one or two mm, sessions yeah. um, and then you have to switch it out if you want to get another battery I can switch it out yeah. with but uh, I love it yeah it's I would definitely say a good same flavor. complaint for the IQ um, but 
but other than that, I, I really like it a lot and it definitely helps, I think, extend, like I get more out of my flower, um, both in terms of enjoyment and actually just last longer than like if I do smoke it um, either in a bowl or or in a joint or something. Um, So I'm honestly a proponent of dry herbs vaping in general. I think like it's a really good way to like uh, both for cost efficiency and use flour, but not smoke it necessarily. Not that I'm like against smoking cannabis ever, but anyways, it's for me. Yeah. I I find it. I find it for that reason too. Like it saved me so much money um, in the long run. Uh, And it was, um, yeah, it's just great. What uh, what's what's your favorite strain to use right now, or or if it changes? Um, It definitely changes. I tend to lean towards sativas um i think it's because i have adhd but yet also have tons of fatigue so i think maybe it has a little bit of stimulant effect in particular like haze varieties um so like when i'm feeling really fatigued like it's almost like a cup of coffee without the jitters like i know some people say that sativas like give them anxiety but i think maybe my particular neurology it it doesn't um so i i tend to like sort of like the citrus haze type strains and i honestly there's been very little that i was at all impressed with from dispensaries lately but um i will say that i've gone to ethos in watertown a couple times lately and tried some flower from natural selections and um you know i won't say like go rush out and you know buy it up because it's the best flower you're ever gonna get but it's i think definitely like a step above a lot of flower in massachusetts and i've been enjoying this um strain called Pura Vida, um, which either a sativa or a hybrid, but it is just quite lovely. And um, it, I feel like kind of alert, but not, not hyped up and my pain just kind of melts away and the name feels very apt. So yeah. Right now, I think, um, again, I wouldn't say that it's like, I'm definitely looking to try some of the flower that's grown out of Maine because I'm hearing really good things about Maine. But but so right now, Natural Selections is doing a reasonably nice job in a somewhat consistent way. So I'm curious to try more of what's coming from them. Do you have any um, like favorite like uh cultivators right now do you like do you think there's any any places that are doing like sort of slightly better jobs with it growing right now um yeah there was a there's a couple um there was 
I know Basque. So we, when I was in retail, we used to get a lot of people that um, came in from like other places, um, and that would try to that would give us products, sample products, and other stuff um, to try. And um, I equated it to uh, to like how college basketball players, how they the NCAA won't allow like team like teams to go or like colleges to go bribe players. It's kind of like, it, it, this is kind of like before that. So like they try to, they bring in sample products to try yeah. to get you to sell their product more. Um, and they give you like, uh, like, like they call them swag bags and that stuff. And, um, but one cultivator cool. I liked was Basque. Um, Basque. And then um, the other one was um, Nat- Nature's Harvest and um rhythm um those uh, which is gti is rhythm um but the other ones the only reason why um i i I like gti but they're like number three on my list because they're it's good flower but it's um it's always a little bit on the drier side and sometimes it gets really dry and in it's hard even with the bovita packs that they give like these little hydration packs um that we used to use at work um not everybody uses them and it's and it gets sit around for a little bit before it gets to um so it's kind of like it's going to be really dry and that's when my complaint with them is the bud tastes good um i got like their uh durban poison which is one of my favorites um and uh, for the for the same reasons, kind of, I I also have ADHD, mm-hmm. and I um I love the sativas. Um, it just helps me focus more. Um, and just keep myself on track. Uh, and the Durban poison, I feel like, works really well. Um, but it's more of like if if I need to like go work out and then also focus on something because Durban poison, like, really, it, it's kind of like mm-hmm. I I equate it like a shot of coffee almost. Uh, and yeah, so that was that um, lemon banana sherbet is the one that I really like that I'm into now. Um, uh, that one's kind of a hybrid. Yeah. It's a sativa hybrid, they call it. Um, and that one is pretty good um, from them. Uh, but na- nature's remedy um, or nature's harvest uh, was this one or her- no heritage. Yeah. Nature's heritage. Uh and it comes in. I liked it because of the container it came in, and also that it was uh, it it tasted and, and smelled pretty good. Like you, when we had it in the dispensary, nice. we could smell it through the containers, like completely. Uh, and it was uh, one was ebony and ivory was uh the name of the strain, and then there's another one, uh, chem yep. ninety four something or chem something. Um, and those two were pretty good. Uh, I, I didn't try them, um, but I tried another one that they had that was called, uh, legend X cookies. And, uh, that one would tasted pretty good. Um, and the only other one that I liked, but the only reason why I liked it is because the taste blew me away, but I don't like, um, I didn't like the actual flower, um, that it came in, uh, was the, uh, cookies brand. Um, that rapper was um, Burner. not was uh, Burner um, from California. Yeah, he has a 
he had a ba- uh, not Basque, but another one, uh, mass grow, oh, really? uh, grows for them. Um, they're, uh, they grows their, uh, their genetics basically. Um, and there's a strain that's called cereal milk. And that one, um, I didn't like the flower yeah. it came in cause I don't like those mylar bags. Um, it really crushes the flower, I think. Um, and there was no hydration packet or anything, but the, um, the pre-rolls, uh, I used to, if there was a strain that would like, looked like it was selling better as a pre-roll, I would assume that with the pre-rolls, they probably had, um, they probably use really, really? good flour. In the I pre-rolls also assumed also. that they um, used like lower quality. Am I totally wrong on that? No, you're, no, you're not. I'm actually wrong on that. Cause, uh, I, that's why I, um, I was saying, uh, I assumed that it was, like that but it's not um they use lower quality on the pre-rolls um and they mix in like the ends and the keef and that stuff into it um but then i kind of i kind of figured out why with the right. keef that's probably why i was getting the flavor um so much flavor from it was uh yeah. it tasted like an actual bowl of cereal like you like you just finished a bowl of cereal and you're like drinking the milk and it actually tastes like cereal milk um which was astonishing to me yeah. but we never had it in stock because we had it once and then it was so popular that um, they didn't anticipate how popular it would be in Massachusetts. So, um, and, and there brings me back to the thing is there, there was no one with a precise crop rotation schedule. So we would have it for one, for like about three weeks. And then after that three weeks, we, I, Mm. I haven't seen it again since I've been there. Sorry, go ahead. Um, Let's just say one thing that oh, no. I think what would be great to see um, sort of get integrated into ca- cannabis is like, for one thing, the idea of seasonality. And especially since it is a product that can be cured, I just don't see why. Um, I mean, there's so many reasons why I think there should be more outdoor growing, but, um, you know, and it can still be sold in the winter. But on top of that, um, just the idea, you know, it's, it's not like selling Jolly Ranchers or, um, you know, if you're growing it in this climate, you're not going to grow it like a perennial. So it's not going to be like the same type of grapes every year where, you know, you're going to have this type of grapes to make a certain type of wine, like just sort of like training customers to understand that the, varietal strains might change you might not always be able to get tangy or girl scout cookies at this century, but you know sort of educating on the different strains and the different families of strains so that you sort of get to know what you like the way you get to know the types of um you know beers or wines you like except that you know, not just about getting drunk necessarily, um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I've become a big fan of the idea of educating customers uh, when it comes to selling things that take growing versus just um, I, I guess even when it comes to things that you have to like create or assemble. I don't think you can just expect the customer to um, know why you're putting out the product you're putting out. 
Yeah, and it's it. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like there, that that's the other thing too. Like product consistency. Um, with that whole thing, like um, I feel like there was um the only thing that I've ever seen product consistency with is um with edibles, which is strange, but I mean, it, it makes sense. But also that I've seen with edibles is that they've gone to product um, consistency so much that they just put um, with a lot of the places they don't, when they infuse them, they use, um, they don't do it from each individual strain. They mm-hmm. do it from like a, a bunch of different strains and they all in the same big batch. Um, and they're usually all hybrids. Um so only at least at my company was all their edibles would be hybrids. So you would get the same, they try to mimic the same feeling for everything, but what if somebody was looking yeah, for absolutely. a different thing for an edible, you know, um, or, they, or, or they didn't want a hybrid. They wanted like a pure sativa or a pure indica. Um, that's where they kind of fell off with that. Um, and also this, um, what is it? Um, I feel like the potency thing is also um, they're, they're trying to keep it consistent, but it's also, it's, it really uh, screws. Yeah. Like I know patients with really high tolerances. Um, I tried to bring mine down recently uh, and bringing mine down slowly um, on it. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of people with a oh, huge tolerance and they're like, they need, yeah. they need like a chocolate well, bar I- to feel anything. Uh I, say, whole- I, I know for me, um, oh. I, I normally for, for almost any substance, whether it's alcohol, which I hardly drink any alcohol, I had almost literally a symbol full of Grand Marnier on my birthday recently. Um, and I felt that, um, but uh-huh. just like whether it's medication, whatever, I usually have an extremely low tolerance, but I don't know if it's because of my pain level from the endo but I you know and of course you do develop a tolerance and you can back off it if you you know take a break but um for me like a lot of times the edibles will be like 10 milligrams and that's it's not enough for me to alleviate the pain and some of the other symptoms and I think on the one hand it's I, I, I get a lot of the rationale for dosing it that way because you wouldn't want to heavily medicate a newbie about their dosage. Um, but there's got to be, like for yeah. any medication, there has to be a range of doses for different patients' needs. Yeah. And it's it, like, I always equated to um, the one thing that they did have that was probably the best thing um, there for dosage, at least was they had coconut butter. Um, <laughs> they used to call it uh cocoa butts. Um, Cause on slip, uh, when they used to send us the packages from, uh, from, uh, from production, um, they used to use acronyms on the, on the, on the top. <laughs> and it would be, uh, it would say cocoa butts. And I always, and uh, I was like, that was hilarious. Um, and it was for every teaspoon of coconut yeah, butter, it was 35 milligrams. Literally. Well, you're not literally getting bang. Yeah. To um, be clear. 
There's no bit yeah. when you ingest cannabis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this it was. Um, it definitely knocked me almost when I was uh, <laughs> when I had that. Um, it was. It was. It's definitely. Um, definitely the strongest product they have and and, uh, and a lot of patients used it to cook with but I'm like you could just I, I really just like I just take a teaspoon or two of mm-hmm. it and just put it in my tea or, or in like a coffee or something um, and it just gives the coffee or tea a coconut flavor to go along with it so it's like it kind of like how people get like um, I, if patients were asking me like oh what does it taste like it's kind of like I as I put it in like a, a hot coffee or something and it's kind of like you're getting coconut flavored coffee or something from yeah. Duncan's Sounds um, like you're an awesome patient something advocate. Like that, you know, <laughs> I I tried to be. Um, I really liked uh, helping the patients and that stuff. Um, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's just the that yeah. business in particular, which just wasn't for me. Um, for that, but definitely, I want to. Um, uh, I still have my goal. I still want to start up a farm one day and grow it. So. Uh, with uh with vegetables and everything else but uh hopefully the, well, I hear, the laws I hear what around you mean when you down. say that you feel like you were too early but you know that just means that you have I think some opportunity to be a pioneer yeah and I feel and I and I hope I can be at some point um it's just the industry. Yeah. Like, I keep forgetting the, the industry is so new. Um, it literally, the medical just started in 2012. Uh, it's um, it's so new, and um, like people don't even know. Like everything's changing still um, with uh, with the laws and and that stuff. Like even just um, what is that? I saw today that Mexico. Mexico just legalized also. Um, yeah, New Mexico did. Uh, Virginia did last week or the week before. Yeah, and, New York, uh, indeed. New York. Family there, so congratulations to them. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm Likewise. Happy to catch up Very with you. Very good to talk with um, you, Rich. Yeah. Uh, so. Let me see. Are you so? Are, so you, are have, you growing this year um, at all for cannabis or like one little seedling started um, from that treasure hunt uh, seed seed find, and it's a um, was it? It's golden strawberry crossed with baby's breath. Um, and then I started a few other of that same type a couple weeks after that. So I'll have um, a few like personal use plants of that, hopefully, which I'll just be growing right now. They're just growing on my windowsill and um, I've got a place locked safely, follows all the math, patient home grow guidelines. Um that I can grow it outside. So it'll be um, my first time growing outside and I'm excited to learn through that process. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, growing outdoors is great. Um, that's, um, that's the way I, I like to do it because it's just, 
uh, less pressure. Um, yeah. I feel like Mother Nature would really take care of them mostly. So um, it was like, like there were, it's funny, but last year my garden, cannabis was the least out of all my plants. Cannabis awesome. was the, I needed the least attention. Um, For some reason it's called weed, in right? The whole garden, uh, which is, um, yeah. And it, it, it just took up so well but of course like every year when i plant them like i start them in um in compost usually in either mine or in black earth compost um that i use uh and it always i like i i I keep adding compost as mulch so um i think i just keep replenishing it and it just freaking goes which is great um each year after year um but yeah that um that's really it and are you doing um I, um I forget do you do fruits at all too or any I, like dwarf fruit trees or anything i'd like to i kind of um spent my first year on um my parents had bought this house when i was a baby um in new hampshire and there was something like 100 blueberry bushes and they were selling blueberries by the side of the road in addition to both doing um like i don't know medical fellowships or something i mean not or something i don't mean to minimize that that's a lot of work but of course yeah with what my interests are now i'm so more hyper focused on you know just like blueberry orchard they had so i would really love to learn um more about growing fruit and um i've got this cool book the holistic orchard from chelsea green publishing that i'm trying to work my way through that's sort of um i let's see i know there's all these buzzwords that are probably faux pas but for lack of other descriptors right now you know like organic no-till permaculture you know, worms and ducks and dirt and bugs and all those yummy things types of natural orchard work. So I'd like to work on that. And I've got, I've actually got a community garden plot now at Temple Beth Israel and Waltham is, um, I'm a volunteer at Beantown Jewish Gardens. So I've just been um, planting some of my overwintered perennials there and would definitely love to try and get some some shrubs in there at least at some point that's awesome um yeah i i haven't had much luck with with fruit myself i've tried and i've attempted to in the past um i do have like some trees but i haven't gotten any fruit from them yet um uh just a couple like peaches but that's really it um but yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. And do you ever um, do you ever plan on getting I chickens at all, or like again. doing any I've livestock or anything? Before. Um, my ex partner and I raised chickens um, about five years ago from chicks, and you know, like built a coop together, and it was a lot of fun. Um, they, some of them are still living at Lansing Farm. That's there. awesome. They're doing fine. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that, you know, 
is just logistical reasons. I don't have the space. I don't have the money, but as I could definitely chickens and then goat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. How about you? That's right. Um, you do have chickens. How, I have, how are your chickens? I have some doing? chickens. Um, they're they're doing good. Um, they're definitely uh, yes. They're definitely uh, a lot of work. Um, I got I got more. Uh, um, what is it? My I've integrated all the chickens. Um, they're not separated anymore. Um, and uh, they're all doing well. Uh, I got one injured one. Uh, from some pecking uh, that was going on, uh, but she's healing up nicely, separate uh, separate from the other ones. But yeah, they're doing great. Um, they're snacking on sun nice. uh, sunflower nice. seeds and corn and pellets all day. <laughs> so yeah, and it's uh, they're liking that um, the the uh, the trees are coming back because we get a lot of uh, I get a lot of birds of prey in the backyard, and they always um, I have a kind of it it's kind of like a dog kennel but it's more of um they call it like a chicken um something it's something for chickens and it's uh, basically you put the coop inside and it's this huge um like it's basically like kind of basically it looks like a dog kennel um cool. that you put over it yeah like a big pen and it goes and it gets really big um and then it allows them for a lot of space to run around and, you know, they get sun and um, I don't have to worry about them like wandering off into the neighbor's yard um, or type of thing. Um, but it's huge. And I, and I only have um, five chickens. Uh, so, um, but four in the pen right now. Uh, and they're, so they love it. Um but the hawks always try to, to come down and, and like try to get them, but it's like a metal cage or not like yeah, a cage, yeah. like a, like it's a metal kennel basically. Um, and, and it's all, they're always unsuccessful, but, uh, <sighs> I feel like, I, I hope it's a different hawk each time. I don't think it's the same one. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they, they only, they're only active during the winter. Um, since I'm in like a kind of a conservation area, um, when the trees come back, it kind of gives me like a forest cover, um, which yeah. is double-edged sword because I can't grow anything in the backyard. So, uh, but it, but it's good for chickens. The chickens yeah. love it, especially during when it's like 90 outside. Yeah, that's um, true. That's cool. They get some shade. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, but next time I see you, I have to bring you um, some eggs. I get a ton of eggs. And they're ramping up now because um, of the of the change in sunlight. So awesome, uh, love that. Yeah, but um, yeah, this yeah, was a lot was of fun. Thanks for you. We got to do this again. And let me know when. Let me know when you're. Uh, yeah, have the episode and, um, out. yeah, it should be coming out. What is it? Um, today's the recording. This it's the thirteenth. There, no, yeah, thirteenth. Okay, so cool. it'll probably be sometime next week. It'll probably air. Awesome. Um, usually on the Wednesday. Okay. So I'll send you a text. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Rich. Yeah. Is it awesome talking, um, Rich? I the opportunity to uh, be on your podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you, and we'll definitely have to do it again. Um, I'm trying to get. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to attempt to get Chris Yoder um, you- on here. But-
but uh, we'll see. I don't know. What? He has I don't been know on at least podcast one guy, but we'll see. podcast. He's been on one that I know of. He's maybe been on two, so you should definitely try to get him. That would be awesome. I'd love to hear. He says, yeah, definitely ask him because I, I, would, I would love to – I always love to hear what Gator has to say. I never, I never don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. it was. It's amazing. Um, but all right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't want to take cool. up too much of your time. I try to keep like the interviews around like an hour long. Um, so, but yeah, we'll definitely all we'll right. definitely have to Sounds catch up and, take uh, care, and talk soon. Bye. That is my interview with Emily. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, well, enjoyed it. Uh, this is after. So, um, yeah, that's really it uh, for Overgrowth this week. I got another bonus episode, a Mary Jane review coming out this Friday. Um, but, yeah, by the time this episode comes out, there'll be another one. And um, what else? I got... Just some other bonus episodes coming out. And, uh, yeah. So that's it. And I'll see you next time. Peace.